For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Oh, man, this is exciting being on the leadoff hole. I like it. I like it. Am I an honorary Mac today? Am I Rob McEllis? I love it. There we it. go. There That's we exciting. go. Yeah, right. you're you're playing too today. I already I saw am, it. Man. I'm Ernie Banks today, uh, yeah, John, man. for our older audience. Yes, welcome in, everybody. Birds 365. I'm Rob Ellison for Jody Mac. I get to hang with my guy, John McMullen, for two hours. What's up, Johnny Mac? Uh, let's play too. Yeah, I mean... Beautiful day. Why not? Why not for Rob Ellis? Now I don't have to play too, so that's easy. I'm, a, I'm, a, you know, but I appreciate it. I, I always say Rob Ellis is the Mo Cheeks of the Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio. Great, great point, point guard. I'll Kissing take it, it off. I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. Hall of Famer. I'm gonna be throwing you lobs all day that you're just gonna be able to dunk, John. That's yeah, what we're I, gonna know. Be I don't know if I'm Bobby Jones, but I'll try. You I'll can't try. go wrong with Bobby Jones, by the way. Uh, great show that we have. Speaking of Bob, Bob Groats is going to be joining us from the Delco Times in the uh, late, a little bit later in the eight o'clock hour, and then Breland Moore from Fox Twenty Nine in the nine o'clock hour. That's a strong show right there. You guys yeah. have provided me with John. Yeah, Breland uh, making her uh, Birds three sixty five debut as well. So that's exciting. Uh, that's heavy temple, temple people. Yeah. Very heavy, John. Yeah. Now, are you a temple guy as well? I am not. So okay. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of on the outside looking in. I assume you guys are going to gang up on me, but we'll That's see correct. how it goes. Now, I, a little well, too bit... much Matt Rule love, I guess. <laughs> By the way, I I was at the the two probably biggest games, not to get off on a whole Matt Rule thing here, uh, of the Matt Rule era. They uh, the game when they beat Penn State, if you remember, at the link. Okay, when uh, geez, that was a while ago, right? Uh, so that was that was probably the biggest win. I would think. And then the, the, the biggest near win was the loss to Notre Dame in, in a primetime game at the link as well during the, the rule era. Yeah, I believe uh, 
to continue with the Philly theme, I believe Will Fuller is the one that uh, killed. He uh, did. Temple had him beat. And, I did. And Will Fuller was a great, uh, great college receiver. It was a very good NFL receiver. Boy, he yeah. could run. He just couldn't stay and, healthy. Yeah, couldn't yeah. stay healthy. But he was great at Notre Dame. I, mm-hmm. I was at that game. I wasn't at the Penn State game. Yeah, Hackenberg uh, got, got just beaten up in that game by, yeah. by Temple's, including Sean Bradley and, and some other guys, uh, Hassan Reddick on the uh, on the Temple defense for sure. Yeah, that was the apex of Temple. Now, Penn State, then they beat Penn. That was probably even bigger. Yeah. I wasn't at there. But that was really an exciting atmosphere. It was packed. Um, yeah, it was great. It, it was, was good, great. man. It was really good. John, let me ask you. I'm just, I was thinking about this. I bounced this off of uh, – off of Derek Gunn and, and Seth Joyner yesterday, but I'm curious what, what you think on this. Um, looking at the upcoming season, and I know, you know, we all sort of point at the schedule after the bye, and I know, look, I'm not denying how difficult that looks like it is on paper, right? But I think we're sort of in this mode of the the early portion of the schedule is kind of a cakewalk, and it, it's going to be, you know, I hear people 5-0 and oh and, and this and that, coming out of the shoot. I'll start with the first game because I, I think the, the early portion is a little bit trickier than people think is in particular, the first two games, but I think that that new England game is going to be a little bit tougher. And I don't know if you and Jody have kicked that around or where you stand on it, but I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. No, I, I, I agree. Now I think the Eagles, I, I like the schedule from the perspective of what you were saying, Rob, I, I think there's going to be some hiccups early. So, you know, I think people are kind of overlooking the, the, I don't know if that's the right term, but the change in coordinators, that's a mm-hmm. big deal. I it mean, is. Um, and not that Brian Johnson or, or Sean Desai aren't going to do a good job. They might do a great job, but you're going to have some growing pains early. Right. And I think having those lighter opponents on the schedule early, you can kind of uh, get through it mm-hmm. um, and maybe make a few mistakes and get out of there with wins. But, Anytime you go on the road, I, I would tell Jody this last year. Jody was like, ah, oh, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. I'm right. like, that's going to be a tougher game that people realize because, one, it's the home opener. So people are all fired up. They haven't yeah. gotten mired in losing. They're really – and that was – I was there. That was a tough, tough atmosphere to deal with. That was well, Jay loud was incredible building. in that game, kind of running for his life yeah. too, by the way. And DeAndre Swift, a lot of the reason why he's here. Ooh. That was his best game as a pro. Yeah. Um, and the Eagles remembered it. Um, and, and, and they were able to persevere and get out of there with a, with a win, but it was very, very difficult. Um, I kind of look at that new England game in the same way. Wouldn't surprise me if they lost the game because it's such a difficult spot, home opener, Tom Brady day, everybody's going to be fired up, but ultimately I think they're going to out talent them. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, and, and if you sneak out of there with a win, I think then you're off and running and you're probably not dealing with, uh, another potential loss until the jets, uh, <laughs> amazing is that first game they're not favored, right? John, isn't that, I think that's the first game of the schedule. They're not favored. Yeah, I mean, the sure. Eagles have never lost to the jets and yeah. now we're all talking because they're in right and rightfully so. I mean, right. they're going to be a good football team. Not that the Eagles can't win the game, but it's not, uh, uh, it's, as you mentioned, they're not going to be favorite in that game. Now, a lot of things can happen if, if the Jets go in a wrong direction. Injuries are the story always in the NFL. So all of that we we, we know is kind of baked into it. But um, Minnesota, look, 
They're a talented team. They are. But they came here for the home opener. If I were Minnesota, I'd be pissed. <laughs> they came here for the home opener last year, got blown off the field. Yeah, and where they shut down Justin Jefferson. I mean, they yes. did as good a job on Justin Jefferson as they, probably as anybody, anybody did all year. As anybody. So they have to come into that same atmosphere, home opener. We've, we've seen the Vikings fall apart in the past. Um, Kirk Cousins, primetime, we know that narrative. Look, a, a short week on the road. That's probably easier than it should be for the Eagles, uh, to be honest. And I, I, and then I think Tampa Bay is going to be a bad team. The Rams are going to be a bad team. And in between there, you have Washington at home. Yeah. Look, Washington has a better roster than people realize. But bottom line is Sam Howell's unproven, first-time starting quarterback, essentially a rookie, early in the season, at home. It's kind of an easy spot for the Eagles on paper. Well, so, I think I think the advantage too, just to go back to the Vikings game, you know, as tough as it is to do the quick turnaround thing, at least it's early and you're not as beat up as you would be if it was week eight or week eleven or something like that. If you had to do that, right? So I think there's an advantage there. Then you do get eleven days off, which yeah. is big. I'm in agreement. Like the the thing I don't know about a couple of these teams, like the Vikings. How much does Brian Flores in pack the defensive side of the ball which has been oh, an issue. they're going to be better i don't no know doubt. how much better but they're going to be better just the, from his presence the other one is how much better I, i'm with you sam Howells is just a massive question mark but with eric b enemy what kind of difference does he make does it ultimately doesn't matter if you don't have a quarterback right so i think there's yeah. sort of the unknown with those two teams yeah um certainly with with washington um yeah it's mainly you're right. I think they're going to be better with Eric Bieniemy. They have talent, but I just think the young quarterback is going to be, even if he. And that's not to say, you know, week eight when you have to go down to uh, FedEx Field, yep. it's probably going to be all Eagles fans. But um, that might be more difficult if he gets his feet under him. Um, they beat him last year. It's the only team that beats uh, Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback, and that was with Taylor Heineke until the Super Bowl. Um, so they're better than people think they are. It's, but I, I do think you have that, that nice cushion of, of a young quarterback trying to develop early in his career. I think that's a tough spot for Washington. And then, yeah, I'm with you with Flores. I mean, look, Ed Donatel, for those who don't know, Minnesota's defensive coordinator was a disaster last year. And, you know, the way he used, players like Harrison Smith and he's going to the hall of fame mm-hmm. and he's, you know, a more traditional box safety moves all over the field. Think Malcolm Jenkins. when he was here, moves all over the place, does a lot of different things. He's got him playing, you know, the big Fangio uh, cover two, cover quarters, covers, cover eight, you know, just out of position. Eric Hendricks, who is great linebacker. Um, people remember his brother, Michael, yeah just played them out of position. Brian Flores is going to take those guys and and they don't have a ton of talent on that side of the ball, but he's going to maximize that talent. He's one of those guys. Eagles fans would actually, you know, we all talk about their hatred of Jonathan Gannon, you know, was Sean Desai going to change. They would love Brian Flores. Brian Flores is there's two defense coordinators. Eagles fans would, would like. And I shouldn't say love because ultimately it comes down to success or failure, right? 
They had the number two defense in the NFL last year. They a lot of fans hated it. I, I trust you. Um, I know. Flores is aggressive. Yeah. And Wink is aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take advantage. If they got a guy who can't cover, but he can blitz or can't do this, but they're going to utilize what they can do. And to be honest, I'd like that type of coach. But there's an old saying in the NFL, you can have the best coaches, give me the best talent. Yeah. Eagles most weeks have the best talent. Yeah. I, that, well, that's the thing. And not to get off on a Gannon rant because it's exhausting, frankly. Uh, but I'm exhausted. Oh, I, I, it never – by the way, it's the never-ending story, you know, after the Florio – Oh, don't, don't even get me started. Can I rip Florio? Good God. Of course you can. Go ahead. I, I you know, he – and it wasn't even about his his uh, interview with Howie. That's fine. You know, yeah. push the guy. Do what you have to do when you get him on the show. The eye roll line was a little – was a bit much. But. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I I get it from that perspective. But then – and I'm trying to pull it up. And, and this is because I want to – I don't want to paraphrase it. I want to I tell you exactly what he said. He said, I'll wear this top five conspiracy theorist thing as a badge of honor. The NFL and its teams constantly lie to us, and 99.99% of the media swallows up and peddles their bullshit without questioning it. I won't play that game. I'm like, boy, man. First of all, he's right. They lie to us all the time. But, I mean, I, I asked Howie the question that day, that day, and believe me, we try to figure these things out behind the scenes we yeah. ask these tough questions behind the scenes for a guy who spent his life in a successful life aggregating reporters and then questions the way we do it and says that is unbelievable hubris and bullshit mm-hmm. i mean we constantly you don't think we've asked howie these questions yeah i said day one you can ask jody i said give me a break arizona self-reported Give me, give me, give me yeah. a break with yeah, this. Yeah, there's no this, doubt yeah. Arizona did not turn themselves what in. What happened that, is, that was, yeah. John, and I, and I said, John Ferrari's the assistant GM. His history is compliance, football operations, football rules. He's he's yeah. brilliant at all that. Yep. He caught Arizona in a, in a procedural, uh, they made a procedural uh, mistake with a young GM. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took advantage of it to gain draft capital. And yeah. by the way, I applaud the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. Any advantage you can get there, why not? Yeah. Went outside the margins. That's what they do so well. That's yeah. it. But, you know, Oxum Razor applies, but everybody, you know, Mike's a conspiracy theorist. And, yeah. and I always say that the conspiracy theorist, what is the end game? What do you think happened? Give me that and work backwards. Well, when, love you, know, you know what? John, it feeds into the he he didn't have them prepared in the Super Bowl, and and that's why the Eagles lost, et cetera, et cetera. Like to me, I, I, look, were I think they everybody prepared did. the first half, Rob. No doubt, they like, were pretty damn good the first no, half. I agree. Like the second half was a total failure defensively. I mean, yeah. everybody wears it. Gannon yeah. wears it. But how do you? We're very quick for whatever reason. I don't. I'm not sure exactly why, but we're very quick to lay it at the feet of a coach and always let the player off the hook. We really are. I mean, oh, when, yeah. when you're burned on identical plays and you're a veteran like Slay, how do you get off the hook on that? That's what right. I don't understand. And everybody, Bradbury, you name it, they all wear this. Well, yeah. 
I mean, you look at the the Sixers bowing out. You know, nobody wants to blame Joel. They want to fire the coach. You know, Doc's fired. Oh, if, if Joel had this. No, blame the guy. You know, we've seen it the same movie year after year after year. You can blame the guy. It's no, you know, one of the things with, with the Big Fangio level of defenses and all the teams that play it, for the entire year, 19 games, 19 games, Rob. Right. The reason the Eagles were the best at it is because of the communication in the secondary. Yep. Those guys were tremendous. Slay, Bradbury, CJ, Marcus Epps, tremendous. Avante Maddox when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. That communication, all that zone coverage. I just mentioned the cover two, the quarters, the cover six, the cover eight. They were tremendous at it. They crapped the bed in the biggest spot. Yep. They didn't communicate. They crapped the bed in the biggest spot. But everybody wants a scapegoat. Yeah. They're not going to blame Slay because because you be can't point there. ten fingers or eleven yeah. fingers, John. It's easier just to point one. Yeah, no doubt. I agree. I, look, I agree hundred percent. And I didn't want to get off on a whole Gannon thing because it's, it's no. like I said, it's it's a it's it more of a Florio more of a Florio thing. It was me. more of a Florio thing. I yeah, mean, I don't, don't aggregate our work and then insult us. All right, thanks, thanks, Mike. I don't know if you and Jody have kicked this one around, but I I, I would be interested to hear where you, where you fall on this. Okay. You look at it now. I, look, I think the offense hits the ground running, and I, I think there's very little. Uh, you know, I don't think they, they they fall back at all. I think they're going to be fine. But I, I'm going to talk about the defense for a minute. In this sense, you do have a new defensive coordinator. You do have a new secondary coach. You do have a new linebacker coach, and they lost some pieces. Take the coaches out of it for a minute. Let's talk about players <clears throat> of, of the of the core players that they lost, John. And you know, you could spell it out any way you want. CJ, GJ, Hargrave, Edwards, say whatever. Who would you say would be the biggest loss? Oh, um, it's either TJ or CJ. Um, mm-hmm. I go back and forth. I think they're more prepared to replace TJ because I think Nicobe's going to be a, a very good player. I, I don't know if they're as prepared to replace CJ. Um, there's a lot of, you know, upside to Sidney Brown, but you think about there, not only is he, a rookie, but he's essentially changing positions from, you know, a box safety to a post safety, mm-hmm. which the Eagles talked about and projected him as, but you know, that's easier said than done. I think right. there's going to be growing pains. I always quote Jim Schwartz. Jim gave me that great line, you know, startup cost. I always use it because I love it. There's startup costs with young players and there's going to be startup costs with Nicobe, but I think he's a little bit further ahead. Um, just in a vacuum, I would say T.J. Edwards because he was the green dot. He played okay. so well. Um, but I think they're better replayed, re- better prepared to replace him a little bit than C.J. Um, so that's why I kind of waver. Um, but, they're all, you know, Javon Hargrave was probably the best player that they lost. But I got to be honest, I'm, you know, I'm not even concerned about that. That's how good I think Jalen Carter's going to be. I do, too. I, I think by – Week eight, it's not even going to be close who the best defensive tackle is on this team. Like It is going to be by a mile, it's Jalen Carter. Yeah, barring, obviously, if he gets in trouble. But if he's on the field, if everything's uh, copacetic, and I hear, I see Bob Gross in the group, he's already laughing at me. Um, um, you know, if he's healthy, if, he, if he's on the field, if he's healthy, boy, that guy, that kid can play, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, it's it's vastly different than last year, where there are a lot of unknowns, right? I mean, you think about linebacker, you think about safety, 
you know, even as much as we like Carter, you think about defensive tackle. I mean, it's it's a lot different than the than the veterans and the depth that they had last year. That's for sure. So, hey, look, it's 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 going to happen when you have a team that plays as well as they played last year. Guys are going to leave. It's as simple as that. And and it was it was a for them. I mean, for a lot of the players on the Eagles that were coming into their free agent year. It couldn't have worked out better. I mean, they had career years in a lot of ways. All right, let's get a quick timeout in. You mentioned the the aforementioned Bob. Bob Groats is ready, man. He is ready. Everything John says, he's shaking his head. He's he's in disgust. <laughs> uh, it, it's unbelievable. So we will uh, we'll talk to Bob Groats from the uh, he's stretching right now as we speak from the uh, Delco Times. He will be joining us when we come back. This is fun, man. I, I, I'm I'm loving the birds. Three sixty five. Jody, you might get Wally pipped, man. Look out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's John McMullen. <laughs> I am Rob Ellis in for Jody Mack. We'll have Bob Groats when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Birds 365 right back. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know it was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Uh-huh.
again, everybody. Birds 365. Rob Ellis in for Joey McDonald hanging out with John McMullen on this Memorial Day Friday. Yes, today yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Crazy. Crazy to think. Uh, and, you know, look, when you think Memorial Day, you think Bob Groats. I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, that is the first thing that comes to mind for me. And uh, he's done an amazing job covering the Eagles in all sports for the Delco Times. For a lot of been reading Bob since I was uh, a youngin, a young lad, and you can follow him on Twitter at Bob Groats. What's going on, Bob? Hey, how you doing, Rob? Oh, it's, it's sunglass season. You only only Rob gets the high. By the way, are you headed down the shore? By the way, Bob. Bob's a big shore guy. No, I, I'm going to do a, a takeout piece on uh, Las Vegas because that's where they're headed this year for the Super Bowl. So I want to get sure. there early. Yeah, you know. Save by the way, speaking of Bob. There. Uh, speaking of this, uh, I'd like to call this disrespect season because everybody comes out with their list, you know, their power rankings, the top quarterbacks, um, all that kind of stuff. Greg wow. Bishop from SI put the Eagles in the Super Bowl. He said, yeah, I mean, why play the season? They're going to the Super Bowl. They're going well, to Las Vegas. So uh, if, they, if they stay healthy, John, I, I, I can appreciate that because uh, I, I look at the NFC. It's gotten better. But not that much better. They'll, they'll Has lose it gotten a- better? I think it's going yeah. back. Yeah, they're I in the mean, it, it, conference. It, it, I mean, if they're in the AFC, yeah. this is a much no. more difficult yeah. spot for sure. Yeah. Just yeah. look at the quarterbacks, guys. That's the the biggest thing that stands out to me is you get past Hurts. Yeah, there's the Cousins types who haven't really accomplished anything in the postseason. But who scares you quarterback wise in the NFC? Nobody. Nobody. Aaron no, Rodgers right. is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Tom Brady but gone. All, all the the teams have pretty much gotten better, and now they have something to look at, something tangible. This is what we got to do if we want to get to the NFC title game. This is this is the formula that we're going to have to follow. There, there's something to actually measure yourself against. So I think it's gonna. I think they lose a few more games, maybe not to NFC teams, but to um, to AFC teams. But they get, you know, I, unless they get, unless there's an injury, and I, that's the biggest concern I would have if I'm the Eagles. And what can you do about it? I mean, you can't. No, no yeah. you got very fortunate last year. It was almost miraculous how, how and, healthy you were. And the year before. I mean, for the yeah. most part, the offensive line, I mean, they did, not, they had some issues, some moderate issues. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it can turn just like that with a, with a key injury. And, um, and I don't even want to mention the one position where it would, you know, definitely be different, but yeah. uh, Hey, I, you know, you know, it's almost like you don't want to jinx them, but they've been fortunate. So, but if they stay healthy, I don't see, you know, I don't see anything in their way to, to uh, before, I mean, between them, I don't see anything in their way between them and Las Vegas. Well, I, I think Bob hits on something really interesting, John. And I've been preaching this for a while. Like they very well could be an 11 win team, you know, a 12 win team and, and still be as good and as yeah. playoff oh, yeah. ready, oh, yeah. you know, last year, 14 and three, you're not going to, you're most likely not going to be 14 and three with this schedule. And that's okay. Like it's going to take you a little while defensively to get going probably. And you're going to be playing better teams for the most part. It doesn't mean you're a lesser team, but the, the record may not look the same. No, I agree. And the biggest part to me is get that number one seed. We've seen it twice. Now make people come here in the playoffs and you're going to be in really, really good shape. How do you get there? Is there somebody San Francisco would be the one team Dallas. I mean, you know, you, you, you got to win the division first. Um, is there anybody else capable of jumping up and getting that number one seed 
in the NFC, Bob? No, and you mentioned Dallas there, Dak Prescott. He he's like a pain in the side of the Eagles. Um, yeah, yeah, has been career record. He's got a good career record, and uh, but he hasn't. He also hasn't played against them. He's been hurt a couple of games. So um, no, I, I you look through the NFC and look at the the NFC East. I don't think the Giants are going to be able to do anything in Washington. We don't even know, you know, what's going to happen with that franchise. You know, they, they're, um, you know, has Josh Harris finalized that deal yet? You know, not do, yet. Not do yet. they have a? Is he looking for a coach have, right now, Bob? That's what he's yeah, doing. Are they going to take the Liberty Bell there and, and ring it before the games? I mean, that that's a bizarre situation too. Yeah, you could talk a whole show. He's about trying that. to get. Yeah, I, I think you're part of that ownership committee. It's like <laughs> fifty deep. Uh, Magic Johnson is on there. Yeah, a lot of other yeah. people. Yeah. I, well, I, I think there's like sort of pesky teams you got to keep your eye on. I'm not saying Detroit's ready to take that leap, but I think Detroit's going to be better. You know, what are the Giants going to look like ultimately in the second year under Dable, right? Uh, does New Orleans make any kind of leap with with Derek Carr? Seattle, are they for real or was last year kind of a, you know, a little bit of an anomaly? I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a bunch of teams that are sort of floating around that are pesky. But I don't know how you get past the Eagles, the Niners, and the Cowboys as the as the creams of the crop. Yeah, and where are you guys know. now? Now I can talk because I don't have Jody. So I, uh, my one rip of Jody. Jody's got Brock Purdy in the Hall of Fame. Where Where are yeah, you guys? Because San Francisco is a good team. They are a yeah. really good team, top to bottom. But I don't believe in the quarterback. Do you guys yeah, believe in the quarterback? Either. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. We We spoke about this before. The week yeah. that they played the Eagles, every one of those Eagles players knew that they were going to beat Brock Purdy. I know he got hurt, so we couldn't really yeah. see the full effect of, of what he could do. But they they knew that that game was in the bag, really. I mean, they he's he is what he is, you know, um, a, a real competitive guy. But uh, is he a is he the quarterback that you you think can take you to the Super Bowl? No, I mean, and look at the look at the path they took too. You know, Dallas really choked when they played than the 49ers Seattle they they played tough with them for a little bit but they didn't have much of a path there either as the Eagles didn't and uh, the, well the Eagles probably had the easiest path but it clearly you look at the quarterbacks and you look at uh, the NFC and uh, like you said Rob I mean there's nobody there that scares you except for Hurts yeah and I, I think I agree with you guys I mean it was, I thought it was weird that Kyle Shanahan basically came out and said, yeah, we expect Purdy to be ready week one. It's, it's a strange thing to do for a guy coming weird. back from elbow surgery, yeah. you know, and UCL I know, surgery too. Right. I mean, and I know it wasn't uh, full uh, Tommy John, but come on, man. Like it's, it, it was a weird thing to say, number one. And I'm with you guys. Like as much as we say, you know, teams may have better tape on the Eagles now, or whatever. Well, everybody's got tape on Brock Purdy as good as everything else is with San Francisco. And, you know, between Purdy, Lance, and and Darnold, I, I'm sorry. You know, if it comes down to a big spot and any of those guys have to bring you back in a game, you feel confident in, yeah. in, in that situation? And, I and, and, and by the way, going back to the injury, guys, um, that's Hassan Reddick coming front side, and he doesn't have the pocket presence to, hey, this guy's bearing down on me. I mean, yeah. if, that's, if that's Tom Brady, if that's even <laughs> – Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, they're getting the football out, and if they're not getting the football out, they're just going to take a sack, hit the ground. They're going to they're going to be healthy for the if next he had play. The whole game, Reddick would have had ten sacks. I well, mean, yeah, no pocket been, presence. It would have been ridiculous. They that that game was was done when uh, Brock Purdy started it. So, 
But, um, you know, they, they do have an ax to grind, uh, the 49ers. They, you know, they, they have to prove to themselves at least that they're, they're better than the team that lost. But what are you going to do when you're, you're down to your third quarterback? So, uh, and even this year with the new rules and, and that, I mean, that, that's not that. I, I don't, you mentioned Darnold back there. You know, if you ask me, he's another one of those guys you want to see get on the field when somebody, yeah. when another quarterback gets down, you know, yeah. so. I don't you think mentioned uh, Kyle Shanahan, Rob. Yeah. I think this is the perfect – I can't believe San Francisco has a perfect opportunity to give Trey Lance one more shot and say, you know what? Well, Brock's hurt, so Trey's our guy. And let him start the season. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. If they start winning games, everybody forgets about Brock Purdy. And you got – you got the kid with more talent, but as you mentioned, Rob, he's like, Oh, he's going to be ready week one. They're scared sure. to death of him, John. They, 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 they don't believe in him even a little bit. Uh, and, and you know, and it and seems it, that way, you know, John Lynch has done a lot of great things there. That one's going to go down as, as a really bad one to trade up for Trey Lance. If you, if he can't get on the field, you know, in front of a guy who was the, the, the very last pick in that draft and Sam Darnold, who's a third time over reclamation project, that's a major, major. I, the thing I worried about with Lance the whole time, guys, he played so little football. You go yeah. back and look at yeah, how, how many play. starts he made at North Dakota State. Yeah. Even in high school, he missed time. So yeah. I, I didn't yeah. quite – I never got that one. Yeah, that was he's a complete be their, projection. Yeah. He's going to be there, Antone Davis. You remember when the Eagles traded up, to, uh, traded another pick to get him, and what did they yeah. get out of him? Just yeah. a couple of years of average or below average starts. So – yeah, and I'm not. By the way, I'm not a big fan of, of Kyle Shanahan either. You know, I'm. I, I thought he was uh, pretty innovative, and uh, and I liked his schemes for a while. But now he's kind of settled into the pack. I, I'll take Nick Sirianni over Kyle Shanahan any day of the week. Uh, yeah, speaking I, of, uh, go ahead, bro. No, I was just going to say, you know, for all the crying they've done, and there's still, you know, there's like you need a Noah's Ark for the River of Tears, you, you know, with, with San Francisco here. But like, how about you don't block? Probably the second or third most ferocious pass rusher in the game now, Hassan Reddick, with a tight end. Maybe your guy doesn't get killed in that sense. Like, like that. Nobody focuses on that or the lack of a challenge. He, he made like ten mistakes in that game that were epic mistakes. On top of you know losing his quarterbacks, which we all sort of default to, which was the, the biggest deal of the game, obviously. But he sucked that whole game yeah. as a coach. Well, I'm uh, here. I go. I'm going to put on my Kyle Shanahan defense hat. Uh, first of all, I I think he's a great play caller, great play schemer. I don't think he's a great head coach. He makes a lot of game management decisions. You know, pot, probably because he gets bogged down with the play calls. Right. But you know that that offense, which is you know the Shanahan Kubiak offense, like it's on the quarterback. They do that all the time where they're chipping a tight end on the pass rusher. It's a play action play. You're trying to fool the defense and the quarterbacks. That's why I bring up Brock Purdy in the pocket presence. That's on him. You know, a tight end is blocking Hassan Reddick. Ball's got to come out. But do you trust that guy though? John, like the name you threw out there was Tom Brady. I don't trust, you know, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Purdy can't run saying. the Kyle Shanahan offense with Brock Purdy. Yeah. I think you could see it in the game before. I mean, he, people were catching on to him. I mean, he, he had a great little run there, but, uh, you know, his value or, or his performance diminished week by week. Yeah. 
He's great with manufactured touch players, though. You know, everybody wants manufactured touch players, but Kyle's the only one who uses them well, whether yes. it's Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. Everybody's like, dude, we, we pre-draft, everybody's like, B. John Robinson, B. John. Why? The Eagles aren't going to use them. They're like, well, you can use them as a wide receiver. Where's any evidence? They don't even use motion for right? – Well, people do that all that. the time with running backs. They think it's yeah. just easy. Yeah, he'll be a receiver. The, the guy played running back his whole life. Yes, yeah. he has good hands, but it's two different positions. Yeah, it's absurd. It's, Keep uh, your eye on this, but... though. Keep your eye on this, guys. Who's going to have the longer career? Bijan Robinson or Jalen Carter? Yeah, well, I mean, Bob, I'm, you're right. I mean, the, the, you the line you're back dancing back. with Carter is, is a fine one with the off the yeah. field stuff. There's no question about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but impact wise, if you just look at the position, it, it's definitely Carter these days. I hear you. But I, I hear you. I mean, it is, I'd be lying to you if I said I was fully confident that he was, you know, going to be locked in and, and, and able to, because it was more than just the, the car accident, you yeah, know, and, with the concerns. Yes, he's only 21. I mean, who yeah. knew anything at age 21? I mean, no. yeah, and who, listened, who listened to anything? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, if they can, if they can uh, get him, uh, if they can get him matured or whatever, you know, whatever you would call that, if they could get him to, to be committed and, uh, and just let go of all that, that past. But, but it, it, there comes a point too, with players, certain players. And I don't know that this is necessarily the case with him. I suspect it is. But that part where you you got that kind of crazy edge, that's what makes you who you are. And right. you know, if you mess with that too much, I mean, what do you get? So there, there's a really that's going to be a really interesting uh, coaching act there. And uh, but I, but I'll say this too, I, I have a lot of confidence in Tracy Rocker. I think he's a real pros pro. And uh, and if anybody <laughs> can kind of get him can get this guy going, I think it would be Tracy Rocker. Yeah, and I think Bletch is going to be a big part of it as well. I think Bletcher's more important from a leadership standpoint to those core four guys. But, you know, you mentioned Nick Sirianni, Bob. We're going to get a chance to talk to Nick next week when the Eagles finally have an OTA practice. Last Yesterday, Dan Campbell, I don't know if you saw it, was out there ripping the new kickoff rule. Yeah. And, you know, Dan tends to talk. Andy did too, coaches. by the way. Andy yeah, Andy did too. Yep. The Kelsey brothers destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Is Nick Sirianni going to say something substantive on on these new rules, the kickoff rules specifically, that everybody seems to hate, or is he going to toe the line? Well, the Eagles voted against it. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody no, I mean, did. I, you know, it, it's amazing that it got passed, yeah. Well, yeah, not think- ultimately, ultimately. But all the coaches were against it, but obviously it passed. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get that either. I mean, they but they've been trying to kill the kickoff for years. You know, it's like they want to take that whole special teams part of the game out of it. You know, kick returns, and uh, and I think it's a mistake. Um, I understand the safety component, and uh, and the longer season, you know, that what is that placating the players? You know, will make the game safer. But uh, you know, you can only sanitize it to a point. I I, I think the game's been over sanitized the way it is right now. I mean, it's still tough to to hit a quarterback, you know, to, to tackle a quarterback, it's still tough to, and that's not special teams, but it's still tough to do a lot of things that, uh, that are really to me, part of football. So uh, I understand the safety component, but I think they've gone way overboard with this. And I don't like the idea of flexing out any of those, any of those Thursday games. I'm, I'm just not a fan that, you know, they, we all know what that's about, you know, they, yeah. you know, 
I mean, they're, they're more money, right? You know, and uh, and, and oh, by the way, our Amazon Prime fees are going to go up another fifteen dollars this year, right? They already went up. It, it used to be ninety nine bucks because there's not a day the McMullen house isn't getting an Amazon package. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife is there's on no there twenty four seven. I hear. Uh, it's no like choice. we just. It's funny you bring that up because we just had to pay our our you know renewal. It's like one thirty-five now. Yep, from ninety-nine. Uh, it's killing me, Bob. Well, wait, wait till every everything is going to be streaming. Everything, yeah. everything yeah. is going to be. I whether it's the it's going to be NFL regular season games, all of them. It's going to be. You're going to have to get you know bundle up packages to get to get to watch the Phillies, to watch the Sixers, to watch the Flyers, etc. It's going to be insanity. I'm telling you, man. With it, this is just like the the the, the drop in the bucket right now. Yeah, it's coming. Well, ESPN just announced they're going to go direct to consumer. So when that that tipping point comes, yeah, oh, yep, it's the wild wild west. Well, I mean, it's point. the reason why a lot of people have basis basic cable right now is for the sports package, right? I don't know about you guys, yeah. but yeah, but right. it, when that change when that changes, when ESPN changes that, man, look out because it, it is going to be chaos when that yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, I don't even watch linear TV. I watch Netflix, Amazon, Apple, and uh, sports is all I watch on linear TV and yeah, pro yeah. wrestling. Because right, he is a gunsmoke guy, John. <laughs> yeah, gunsmoke. Yeah. yeah, me TV. Yeah, uh, all, I'm more all, of a Mannix guy. Happy me TV. Days. That's a nice poll. Yeah, there you go. Me there TV. Happy Love days it. and mash. You can't go wrong there. You can't yeah. go wrong. Little Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, you know, it's it, it's funny. It is, it is. You're right, Bob. So in one breath, they want to eliminate or or at least curtail the kickoff a little bit. In another breath, they're going to do the they're going to flex a Thursday game out like like they really care about the players and, and the fans yeah. all that much. Yeah. It's like yeah. you can't have it both ways. That's you can't difficult. preach it. Yeah, that's that's the way that they they love to contradict themselves. You know, yeah. it's kind of, and um. And the you know it, it's so easy to see that that folly, but uh, I mean, they're the, the NFL is so powerful now. I mean, yeah. man, I mean, and that's that's an understatement. I mean, um, I never, I didn't think they were going to get Dan Snyder to sell this team for another ten years, you know, because he was stubborn. But look, mm-hmm. I mean, they got him out the. He's got one foot out the door right now, you know, and uh, and that's going to be uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the stadium situation there. Because that's the only way that I think it would appeal to somebody like Josh Harris, you know, who, by the way, does a great job of buying those distressed properties and building them up. He's yeah. he's a pro. With debt, by the way, with yeah. all with debt, uh-huh. um, you know, he's not as well healed as some of the other owners like Denver. You, you, you got um, David Tepper in Carolina, who's really, uh, really rich. He's got the most. Uh, he's more of, yeah, yeah. He's he. Josh has got seventeen partners, I think, and that's part of the complication. Typically, you need to have more of a chunk to be a minority owner in the NFL. But now the prices are getting so high. There's only so many people that can come up with six billion bucks. Yeah, I mean, who's got that kind of bread laying yeah. around? Other than other than Bob, who's got that kind of bread yeah. laying yeah. around? Hey, that is tough. be some exotic trades too with Josh Harris owning a football team. 
and oh. a basketball team. Are we going to see <laughs> Sam Hecky back? Back. That's in right. Sports. Yeah. Weird stuff happening. Yeah. By, oh, by the way, Bob Shot looks like something out of a Scorsese film or like Spielberg. Yeah. Nice. There the is sun's coming in with the circular sun coming. I mean, it looks like Bob's almost like angelic. You yeah. know, I'm expecting yeah. like wings coming off of Bob at this I point. I never thought it's of nice. that. Yeah. You know what? The best investment I ever made these uh, these backgrounds for Zoom. You know, they're like, uh, you know, and and you can. By the way, guys, you can build these. They're they're a business expense. Yeah, that's, that's a good true. point, Bob. Thank yeah. you. That's right. That's, that's very very well done. Um, All right, uh, at Bob Groats, make sure you follow Bob on Twitter. Yeah, uh, obviously does a tremendous job. The dean of the uh, beat reporters yeah. now, I believe. Uh, Delco Times, read them yeah. there. Um, uh, defensively, Rob and I were talking about it a little bit uh, before you came on. Let's turn the page on Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. Sean Desai, they got to replace five starters, Bob. Uh, Javon Hargrave, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, CJ Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps. Which one of those five are going to be the most difficult to replace? Well, I, I know that you don't appreciate this one but i think it's cj i i really think he, oh, I he said he's the I only said tj or cj yeah. yeah well he's the only playmaker in that secondary i know you got a few interceptions from uh bradbury and a, and a few from from slay but uh but he that he played with an edge and uh and there there's a little bit of craziness controlled craziness when he plays <laughs> yeah I, mean, I i really liked his game i i think that would have been a guy that would have been the guy I would have brought back on defense. And, um, and, you know, it's going to be fun to see what he does with, uh, with Detroit. You know, you got to wish him the best. He really, he put it out there. came back from a, a lacerated kidney. Right. I mean, yeah. that doesn't, I mean, that, that took a lot of nerve too, you know, I mean, he put it all oh, yeah. for this team. So um, that, that would be the one I'd be largely concerned about. Um, and I guess there's still a, a trade a possibility of a trade, right? Oh yeah veteran safety and and uh those are those guys are easier to assimilate into the defense with all the the packages if they still stay moldable but you know that'll be the that'll be the fun thing to see too with uh with Desai you know what is he going to do is it going to be his defense is it going to be a Matt Patricia defense you know what is it what is it going to be what are they what are they going to do this year and uh it's going to change it's not going to be that Gannon defense I don't think how much do you guys anticipate? How big a role influence that will Patricia have? Uh, that that's going to be. We we might not see that immediately, but we're going to see his influence in there. Yeah, know? I want to ask Nick that. I want to ask yeah. Nick that because uh, that's sort of a new role he hasn't had: senior defensive assistant, and Marcus Brady's the senior offensive assistant. Mm-hmm. So these are kind of new new roles integrated into the coaching staff. They tried to sneak Matt Patricia by us, man. Yeah. How how would you like to be Sean Desai too, with with that guy looking over your back? I mean, yeah, that was that what? was a curious hire. That's yeah. a good question for Darius Slay. You know, like uh, that that question about. Yeah, I, I think that's back, the reason you know? they haven't given us Slay yet. Slay's typically, you know, one of the leadoff hitters when they give us veteran players uh, in the off season. You know, we get a group. Uh, once a week, we've been through two groups, Bob, and no Darius Slay. That's a bit of a surprise. 
Uh, and I think that that's well, because of is Matt it Patricia. is it though, John? He's a bit well, of a yeah, loose it's guy. because of Matt Patricia. And it he's is. a loose guy. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. They, they're trying to. I think they're they're telling, saying, "Hey, why don't you take some time? <laughs> so you have to be here. Don't don't worry about it. We're good." Yeah, he's uh, got to answer the question at some point. Why not get it over with? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I think they took a smart approach though at least addressing it with him before they made the hire. I think that was the, the, the right way to go. Cause you did you don't want one of those situations where he's the, you know, just t- listening to the or communicating with the and not even, you know, speaking but does it, now, doesn't that indicate he's got a big role? Um, yeah. Because why would you bring him in to be like a consultant type person? Yeah. You know, why, why upset the apple cart? That indicates to me that he's going to have a big role on this defense. And as Bob brings out, you know, how do you, if you're Sean Desai and, you know, number two, we, we said, Rob, number two defense, and I see Bob getting ready to laugh again. No, number I one passing that, defense. That pencil um, here, is that a pencil or is that a listening device? You know, like that's a, yeah. Um, <laughs> because we've got the whole Belichick thing going. Shockingly, you know? New England had another Remember violation that? this week. I can't believe yeah. that, that that was Joe happen. Judge, by Joe the way. Judge Joe Judge messed up the schedules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't put together a schedule. Mm-hmm. But if you're Sean Desai and you know, all right, number two is not good enough. Number two defense, number one passing defense, 70, that's not good enough. And I got Matt Patricia over my shoulder. That's a lot of uh, – Yeah, I, I agree. A lot I, of pressure. I, you know, first coordinator job. But, uh, yeah, that's pressure. That is pressure. another temple guy, by the way. Temple right. theme today. That is correct. Yeah, John, we're outnumbering you, man. I, well, I think the whole thing, the, the whole, <laughs> the way it all played out, like Denard Wilson interview doesn't get it. You know, it was kind of bizarre there. You go with the side, then you bring in Patricia. The the whole timeline is is kind of interesting. That side of the ball, where the direction they went. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, that so that that's the what the defense is going to be about this year. You know what what the scheme is, how how it how the scheme differs. I think it's got to differ a little bit, John. I know they, I know if you look at the personnel, you say, well, they they can't play this way or that. But uh, I, I think they it's pretty versatile what they can do. You know, there's a lot of different things they can do with the the personnel that they have, and uh, and bringing in those <clears throat> guys too, how they how they're going to fit that. You know, I I see Patricia having a, a more than more than just a cameo role in this offense. I think he's going to have a, he's our defense. He's going to, he's going to be in there and, um, and uh, not, not calling the plays necessarily, but, uh, but Hey, if it, if it doesn't work, if they're not stopping guys, guess what? You know, there's a guy that's called plays, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I just, I think that, um, we also have to give them a little bit of, of grace period, don't we? With coaching turnover and and personnel turnover, you like should. I still think by the end of the yeah. day they're going to be a really good defense. I think I think they'll still be top three, four in sacks. I really do. But when you have new linebackers, new safeties, new coordinator, new new coaches in, in really critical positions, it's going to take a minute here for for them to get going on that side of what? the ball. This is where early the offense has to carry them. Yeah, their offense still is their their best defense you know that old cliche yeah that that, that is what's going to happen and uh and i think brian johnston is going to do i i think that offense is going to take another step i mean one I, and I, john I, brian johnson going to be a head yeah, coach I, if they're that like, good it's a good brian problem though. i like that synergy i mean i think that's going to be special so uh 
uh, you know, if they if uh, everybody stays healthy on that date on the offense, they're gonna. I mean, last year is gonna look like uh, you know just a warm up. They're they're gonna put up some points, some serious points. Devontae Smith, right. AJ Brown, Goddard. Well, yeah, all those guys now in uh, their in their. Think about it. AJ in his second year here. Devontae just in his third year in the league. Jalen just getting better and better. Uh, you, that's you have to take all that into account. Just improvement. A lot of talent. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going, Bob? The most important part. Where are you going this morning? Oh, I'm heading to uh, actually, I'm headed to Annapolis. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Family wow. together. Yeah. Have a new. You seem graduate. thrilled, Bob. You seem really yeah. excited about it. I just don't like the. I don't like the drive down there. I love it. Yeah, the drive is tough, but Annapolis is beautiful. God. Yeah, the drive I getting down there. Ninety five is... on Friday yeah. or Saturday. Yeah. Oof. Oh Lord. It, it, Memorial yeah. Day. And yeah. And well, then, now I appreciate even more taking time out of your day. I that's right. He, this is costing more. him a half hour of traffic. Yeah, man. Although yeah, you I, might be I, better I, off. You might have missed it now, Bob. That's yeah. good. I still got to work. No, I still got to work today. But, uh, yeah, I mean, every th- there's nothing right about a trip down there on a weekend because that's when they <laughs> all the construction, all these cameras are coming off in construction zones where they hit you for 50 bucks or whatever, you know, yeah. money makers. So, but anyway, have a great weekend. All right, John. Great Bob, thanks, day. buddy. Thanks, Appreciate Bob. It. Uh, Bob Groats of the yeah. Delco Times does an awesome job. Is John, is he the most senior yeah, he is, guy on the he beat? He is the most senior guy now. I was trying okay. to think because Damo is off. Les is off. Uh, he would have been more senior. Is he more senior than Ruben? That's a good question. I didn't think of Ruben. They're probably they're, they're in the same range, but uh, – I, I talk Bob's like ninety two maybe so he's ninety two years old okay looks good <laughs> for ninety two <laughs> your words not mine John uh ninety ninety two covering the team nineteen ninety two yes yeah, nineteen ninety two now when did you um, get uh, on the beat or when were you when did you start covering the team and um full time uh, capacity uh, full time first year of Doug Doug okay sort of stuck my beat into it the last year of chip so that's sort okay. of when i bridged full-time uh, doug though first year that was interesting last year chip Oof. yeah There's yeah a, a lot going on man during that time period <laughs> oh yeah did that, you see that it, was... did you see that coming in, in in terms of how quickly the the fall was during that year did you know the extent <clears throat> of it um i i knew he was going to get fired i didn't think they'd fire him early yeah um but yeah, it was very clear they made a mistake. Now, Jeffrey calls it his biggest mistake, uh, you know, going away from Howie, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if it was, you know, because I don't think the Howie Roseman today exists without sort of, you know, yeah. that being put back in his place. And mm-hmm. he did a lot in that year. I was joked, you know, people say it was he got a raise in a, a, a title. So it was a very weird situation. Typically, when you make changes like that, the guy doesn't stay in the building and get more money. So it was clear, right. like Jeffrey wanted the safety net. Uh, so he should have shown the courage of his convictions, probably. But if he does, does Howie go learn from R.C. Buford and Brian Cashman and everybody else that he went to talk to? Um, does he sort of swallow his pride a little bit and, and stop fighting? Remember all those, I used to joke how many pelts, how he has on his wall. Oh yeah. You know, 
winning these power battles before he finally lost one. It was the first time. Yep. Yeah. No question. Um, does he learn his lesson without being uh, taking a step back? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think he does, to be okay. honest. I hear you. Sometimes you got to take a step back, you know, to, yeah. to get better. That's for sure. All right. Uh, we're going to step aside. We'll come back. Uh, we'll continue digging in to the Eagles, to the NFC in general in this upcoming season as we have the, uh, the OTAs right around the corner. John, we'll talk about that. And we're going to be joined by Breland Moore. Breland Moore from Fox 29. So looking forward to talk. This will be correct. Her first time on the show. First time. Wow, John, that's a big show. deal. All right, Breland's yeah. first time on the show. All right, looking forward to it. All right, we'll dig into all those kind of things when we come back. I'm Rob Ellis sitting in for Jody Mack. He's John McMullen. We are Birds 365. Right back. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
Back on this Friday, Birds 365. John McMullen, I'm Rob Ellis in for Jody Mack. All right, John, I got to ask you a Memorial Day, uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, question. As you're a Jersey guy, I know that. Um, what is your go-to shore town? Because this, these are like fighting words in, in the Philadelphia area. I think there's two things you, you, that people will battle over. Go to go to the mat for their shore town or go to the mat for their pizza place, what their favorite pizza place is. But give me, um, your, give me your shore town. Yeah, Ocean City. Okay. I mean, you know, you'd like to have uh, – that's where I went when I was young. So yeah. you'd like to have, you know – dry town and all that that's, that's not true you got to bring your own that's, yeah, yeah that's not as fun when you I but yeah. um there's a comfort level that's how i describe it with ocean city um i'm more comfortable there than than anywhere else um so that's me ocean when city. i was a kid we so we did we sort of did a combo platter like we would all we would we would rent for like a week was kind of our our move right um so we would either do sea isle or north wildwood they were our two you know, kind of mix and match towns, depending. My cousin had a place in Sea Isle, so I would go there a good amount, you know, with him. But it was either one of those two. As I got older, it became more, you know, kind of North Wildwood for me, which I love because, <clears throat> especially in like the Anglesey area, everything's right there. All, all the restaurants, all the bars, it's all very walkable. Um, you got you got a great, you know, boardwalk. You got good beaches, which they're fixing up right now as we speak. Um but I'm with you. Like, I like Ocean City. You're right. Ocean City is kind of chill. I, yeah. I is the best way that I would put it. And, you know, Wildwood is not chill. But but the other thing with Sea Isle now is, man, it's so it's so crowded. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I was. I'm, I'm an off season guy. Right? Yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Like, I don't like going down, like, now, when yeah. everything starts. Mm -hmm. I like it, and especially when you get some good weather in April off season that's when i go down the shore i, right. I do not i do not want those crowds man. yeah you're not a crowds guy I, i'm with you i i could i could do without it too like yeah. my days of like being in a bar and having to like battle yeah. to get to, to the bathroom no. i did all here uh, it's now, maloney's and margate if you if for older people i mean yeah i spent way too much time there Way I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, for sure. But look, I hope everybody has a uh, has a great weekend. You know, it's amazing too. Like what's happened with people working remotely. Like I got a bunch of buddies who who they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going down. Uh, I'm going down like Wednesday morning. I'll be down till Tuesday. I'm like, oh, must be nice. Man. <laughs> you're either not working or you're yeah. working remotely. I don't know which, but uh, yeah. God bless them, man. If that's the yeah. Case. The world has changed with yeah. uh, remote working. Um, yeah. I mean, boy, you know, this time of year, I, like again, um, we get access to the Eagles like once a week. Uh, Wednesdays it has been. Yeah. And next week we're going to have one OTA practice. going to be Thursday or Friday. Mm. Boy, I got, I got to psych myself up, Rob. I got to, right. I got to get over the Philadelphia. I got to do all the, you know, I got it, it. Yeah. Right. You uh, haven't been over there in a while, right? Well, you know, 
once a week, but, but I know, mean, during, in, on, a, on an extended period. Yeah, period. during during the season, you get used to it. You're there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's. But man, when you don't have to go over there, it's nice. I'm not, I hear I'm, you. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right, so a couple other things I, I wanted to ask you: Are we? Do you feel like? And I did it earlier in the show, so I'm guilty too. When we look at the offense. And, you know, we just sort of write off Isaac Sayamalu as a, as a cost of doing business. You know, you, you were going to lose him and you can only pay so many people, et cetera. <clears throat> as it not being that big a deal. Do you think that's a little bit more of a big deal, whether it's Jurgens, whether it's Steen, you know, and or fill in the blank? Is, is it more, more of a big deal than we're making it out to be that he's moved on? Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, he, he was the most underrated. Just listen to how Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson talk about him. Uh, forget about Stout. I mean, Stout loves the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people forget, you know, Isaac, it took a while for Isaac to become Isaac. So this assumption that, oh, Cam Jurgens is going to be fine. Eh, probably not. There's going to be some hiccups. I mean, if you go back to the Super Bowl 52 season, um, you know, it started out as Isaac. Isaac got benched for Stephen Wisniewski. Right. Um, you had some issues. You think about it. They won a Super Bowl with Wiz playing uh, left guard and Halapuli Bati Baitai playing left tackle. Yes. Yeah. Peters was hurt. Um, but there were some hiccups, you know, along the way. Um, and whether it's Cam Jurgens or, or Tyler Steen or Jack Driscoll, or they sign DJ Fluker or somebody else, they're going to be fine because the other four are all pro level guys. Um, and that's better than anybody else. But I think they're going to have some issues at, at right guard. I do. do you think ultimately it's, it's Jurgens? Do you worry about the size factor with he and Kelsey next to one another? Like how, what's the concern there for you? Just the fact that he hasn't played a ton of guard. He's been much more of a center. Yeah, I think, well, both. Um, you know, you look at what the Eagles have done and they always had, you know, if you want to go back to when it was really good, um, with Brandon, Brandon Brooks, um, you know, Brandon was 345. Um, you know, there's a reason they drafted Tyler Steen who played tackle, but they project him at guard, you know, he's six, five, six, six, three twenty. 325 and he's mm-hmm. probably going to get bigger they want that big body you know as good as jason kelsey is he's had trouble at times and he'll say first off especially when Linball got here you know when Linball was with the giants and and minnesota early when he went to minnesota Jason would tell me he's the strongest player in the NFL, strongest wow. player in the NFL. Um, and that he wasn't the only one. He was kind of Lindball was, is, but was, you know, really, really strong, really mm-hmm. difficult to move. And Jason had some issues with him. Yeah. Um, and the Eagles would like to protect Jason with these big bodies um, to try to help him. Yeah. Small body, small body. Mm-hmm. People are going to figure that out. So right. Vita Bay is on the schedule. He's going to figure that out. Yep. Um, so keep an eye, you know, circle that matchup. If it's Cam Jurgens and, and Jason Kelsey and Vita Bay is healthy for that Tampa Bay game, 
they're going to have a difficult time. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that right now. Mm. Um, so that's part of it. And I think ultimately, yeah, they want obviously Cam Jurgens to play center and, and Tyler Steen to play right guard. Um, can Tyler get up to speed that quickly? It's kind of difficult because remember he's moving positions as well. Yeah. So, but if he does pick it up, if he's sort of that, you know, kind of student, that's a prodigy, you know, I think he's got a real good chance to start because they prefer to have his traits, his physical traits at right guard. And, you know, can, can will be the starting center when Jason, and I do think we've been saying it for years, but I do think Rob, this is it. This is for Kelsey last year for Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, uh, it's such a weird thing because you feel like with him, he's still playing at such a high level. Jason is right. Um, but it's like, man, do you keep pushing the odometer, you know, and, and, and can he hold up? I remember, remember he had the, was it, was it last year? The elbow scoped early and he was fine. Yeah, in training fact, camp. You know, yeah, that was fact, one of the things they wanted to cross train camp Jurgens last year, but they couldn't. Yeah, right. Because he had to spend the whole training camp playing center because Jason had to have surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's um, crazy. But yeah, I mean, with he and, you know, even Lane, for that matter. I mean, what he did was nothing short of miraculous in, in, in the playoffs with the, yeah. the torn abductor. But, you know, they, that is an area they do lack depth, John. You know, I mean, I, I Steen, obviously, they that helps them there. But I don't, other than Driscoll, I don't really feel great about anybody jumping in there, frankly, if somebody goes now, down. You know, I told this story yesterday. Jordan Mylotta was one of Um, the players we got on Wednesday. Now, if you're around Jordan, Jordan's one of those guys, like the people that are there every day, like he's one of those guys who will learn your name. Like he knows my name. He knows Groats. He knows everybody's name that, that covers the team. He will go out of his way to sort of connect with people and do all that kind of very personable. Yeah. Yeah. We asked him a question, uh, I think it was Zach Berman. My buddy Zach Berman asked him about the backup tackles. And he joked around it a bit. He said, you're trying to get the depth chart, mate? You gave him the mate. Um, <laughs> he went mate on him, all right. Yeah. Um, and he had a tough time coming up with Rod Johnson and Fred Johnson and Tyrese Robinson. And I'm like, you know, as I just said, Jordan knows all of us. Yeah, right. He, he's got a tough time coming up with Fred Johnson, um, which tells me, and maybe I'm putting way too much into it, but it kind of told me that those guys are not standing out. Um, so, you know, Andre Dillard, you mentioned Isaac Samalo. Mm-hmm. Andre Dillard is a guy that fans are like, eh, he didn't work out. Right. That is a big part. They were very, very comfortable with Andre Dillard understanding that he could come in and play. They don't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's a luxury and you want far more of that than a first round pick, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I get why people are saying eh, not that big of a deal, but it is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is. And, and look, in fairness, we <clears throat> you could probably go through this exercise with every team and be like, Oh my God, you have this guy backing up. You, you know, I mean, what they had last year was yeah. rare. You know, yeah. in, in, a, in a salary cap era, it's really hard to have any kind of really quality depth. I mean, really, if you look at receiver, you could do the same thing. Because Derek Gunn and I on, on Sports Take were going through the same thing the other day. And, 
you know, you get obviously the starters and then, and then you're looking at uh, Zacchaeus and you're looking at Quez, but you kind of fall off a, off a cliff after that. It's Covey, it's Devin Allen, it's Greg Ward. And it's, it's a yeah. bunch of guys. Yeah. Yeah. What receiver? Yeah. Yeah. That's another, I mean, let's be honest. I, I, you know, Quez and Alameda are not great as, as a three and four or vice versa. Um, I think the Eagles like Quez more than probably the fans in the media. They still haven't given up on him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you think about the year prior where the Eagles were a good team, not a great team. Devontae Smith was the wide receiver one, so to speak, as a rookie. And then you had that ball off. Um I, I said from day one, A.J. Brown was the final piece of the puzzle. Everything kind of fell into place because of A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Devontae, not a great number one, but a great number two. Yep. Um, and all of a sudden, the dominoes fall from there. You don't want Quez getting a ton of touches, a ton of traffic, uh, but he's fine as a third receiver. I think, you know, be nice if he caught that ball in the Super Bowl, but if he's got to play major snaps and you got to count on him, yeah, I would not be comfortable with that. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm with you there. Um, that's <clears> for sure. <throat> what wrinkles, if any, do you anticipate Brian Johnson putting on this thing, John? Or if, is it the classic case of if it ain't broke, you don't fix it? Uh, yeah, I think if it's not broke, you can't fix it. You know, it's interesting. You don't want to see this, but if somebody does get hurt, yeah, uh, then it becomes, then you can really evaluate. They have so much. I mean, what, what I think 10, uh, nine of the 11 starters last year, um, were either all pros, pro bowlers or pro bowl alternates. Mm. Think about that. That's you know, crazy. They, Miles Sanders said before the season, we all kind of snickered. This is an all-star team. And, you know, because y'all had those dream team flashbacks and, you know, (laughs) why are you saying that? Yeah. He was close. He Mm -hmm. was damn close. Mm -hmm. Nine of 11. And by the way, number 10, Dallas Goddard would have been. If he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. If he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. And then it's only one guy, Quez Watkins. That's Mm -hmm. it. Who's not close. 10, it, it, it's really 10 of 11. Now they lost Isaac yeah. and they lost miles. Um, so, but I think everybody's pretty comfortable. I can't tell you who Rob, but, and I, and I joke about it. Is it important if Rashad Penny is the lead back or, or Deandre Swift or um, even Kenny Gainwell or who cares? And I'm in a who cares category. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know who it, not from the standpoint of, it doesn't matter from the standpoint of, I don't know who it's going to be, but I know who it is, is going to be successful yeah. because of the quarterback and the offensive line. Yeah. So that's where I'm in the who cares category. Yeah. I'm um, with you. We want to put labels on things and this guy's a starter, this guy, whatever. I mean, I think you go yeah. into this considering both guys have a, have a pretty deep injury history. I'm talking about Swift and, and Penny, <clears throat> whatever. It doesn't matter yeah. to me. I, and I'm good with riding the hot hand. Oh, Swift is hot today. All right. Yeah. So Swift gets the game. Well, I'll yeah. throw Gainwell in there. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to be fine. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, 
when I went through all the Bijan stuff, and I'm sure you went through the same thing on on Sports Take. I yeah. I was pretty consistent. They're not drafting them. They're not yeah. drafting them because they don't need them. Yeah. Um, they have the luxury of Jalen Hurts, the so-called plus one in the running game. He makes running backs better. Mm-hmm. He makes running backs better, yeah. and you don't need. Um, because remember, it's not just Bijan Robinson. It's by taking Bijan Robinson, you're not taking. In this case, it would have been Jalen Carter. So you know, the, the Eagles generally make smart decisions. Um, they value other positions uh, uh, as they should mm-hmm. um, more greatly. And and the fact of the matter is, as long as Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. You're going to be fine with the running game, yeah. um, and the offense. The offensive line is a big part of it. As well, well, I just I think the other area that they're just going to continue to be dominant in is short yardage, John. I, I mean, with with Hertz's ability to keep and and do what he does with the tush push still being in, um, you know, as as strong as Penny is, like I, they're just they're that's an area that is it's such an advantage. It's almost an automatic. Dare I say uh, for them, it's it's a big time. Big time. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if I talk, I might have talked about it with you, so I'll throw it out because it's been a while. But I always thought, you know, that potential rule change that didn't come to pass, I think it would have helped the Eagles if they banned it. it because I think I think Jalen is going to get it anyway. I think I think he's going to. In other words, dominant. he doesn't need the help from the push he from behind. He's just so good anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And other teams are going to copy it. And those quarterbacks might need the help, and they're going to get better at it. And I think the Eagles would have been dominant either way. So it's mm-hmm. kind of counterintuitive, but I think it would have helped the Eagles. Uh, they were ahead of the curve, but, you know, copycat league, everybody's going to copy. They already started last year. Yeah. Everybody's going to copy it. I think it would have been better for the Eagles if they banned it. I really do. That's interesting. I, I never thought of it that way, but that is that's an interesting way uh, way to view it. How how much do you anticipate, or do you anticipate, uh, Hertz carries being down this year? Uh, I, I I'm not talking about a broken play where he takes off. I mean, maybe there's less RPO to take it out of his hands and just straight handoffs a little bit more. Do you think they'll look to do that, or as Nick Sirianni said, you know, look, we didn't pay this guy all this money to not be who he is. Yeah, like, how, how do you I've- view it? I love that Nick quote, and yeah. it's it's true. Um, I used to talk with Shane Steichen about this a lot, and Shane would, you know, as upset as he would get because uh, he's a really even-keeled guy. But, um, like, he, he did not like that narrative, like Jalen, because from his perspective, you know, when you're talking about touches, you know, he's like, all right, Jalen Hurts touched it 17 times. How many of those were sneaks? Take them out of it. How many of those are are, are RPOs where he decided he he ran, you know, he read the play and he ran the football? Take that out of it. How many designed running plays? Very few, he would say, the Eagles. Maybe four at the most, maybe five in a, in a particular game. I don't think that changes. Um how are people playing the Eagles? They're not going to take the RPO out of, of the offense. So do people change how they play it? Um, that will impact it. But I don't think – I think Nick is telling the truth because he said it consistently, and he said it to us in front of the camera and behind the camera. 
you don't want to take away his superpower. And his superpower is, you know, dual threat ability, whether you call it, Jalen likes to call it triple threat threat ability because he he's very proud of the way he can read defenses mm-hmm. now. And that's a big thing too, John. Yeah. You know, the, the, people always talk about, oh, go through your progressions when you when you drop back. You know, being able to read the RPO correctly to give, to keep, oh, yeah. and is, oh, yeah. is a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. So did the numbers come down? I think that depends on how the defense is playing then because they're going to run the same amount of RPOs. Um, they're going to run the same amount of design play calls. You know, not exactly, but in the same ballpark. And he's going to take off with the off-scheduled stuff. That's not going to change. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be down a little bit from the perspective of as he gets more comfortable, more experience, you know, he'll probably be willing to go to that third option a little bit more than just tucking the football and running. But even that's a give and take because, you know, one of the reasons why, um, running backs who can touch the football out of the backfield, um, catch the football out of the backfield, aren't as important for the Eagles is because Jalen can just tuck it and get 15 himself Mm -hmm. instead of dumping it off to the back and getting seven or eight. Right. Um, So it's a give and take. And I Nick is telling you the truth. They're not paying them more to do less. <laughs> uh, divisionally. You know, we talked about the Cowboys being sort of the, the chief threat. You think the Giants improve, stay the same, get worse in year two? Are you buying the Daniel Jones thing? Are you, bri- are you buying Dable? They add Waller. They add some pieces there. Give them some more options. Are they a playoff team again this year in your estimation? I think they are not. Um, I think they're going to take a step back. And by the way, I think Daniel Jones improved greatly. I love Brian Dayball as a coach. I love Joe Shane. I think they're finally going in the right direction. But I think they were more – they were surprised how well they did last year. I think they're still in that that transition. They, They had a really bad roster. They had to rebuild it up. And they're doing a good job with it, but I think they 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 were more successful than even they thought they would be. They won a playoff game. They probably shouldn't have won. We talked about Ed Donatel a little bit early, um, and then you saw. I mean, the Eagles beat them forty-eight to twenty-two. Yeah, and thirty-eight was it, it was thirty-eight to seven. Neither it? game was competitive. None of their. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a whole lot of competitive games. Yeah. And the week 18 game, I kind of, throw that was, yeah, throw that out. There's really yeah. two games. Yeah. There's yeah. no question. Yeah. All right. Look who's joining us right now. This is the first time on the show for Breland Moore. She is the sports anchor at Fox 29. Also the co-host of the two one five. Welcome aboard Breland. How are you this morning? Yes. How are you? How are you? Yeah, we're, we're doing great. Breland, a little birdie told me uh, that you may have been, and we're we're, sur- we're we're ganging up on John with Temple people. By yeah, the way. Temple, <laughs> too many Temple people. Okay, yeah. we're, we like to outnumber John, so this is a this is a good thing. Uh, but a little birdie told me that you may have been the Temple Al mascot. Is that correct during your your Temple years? Yeah, how about this that? Is, this is correct. Um, so I was Hooter the Al, and it's just it's a weird thing, right? Um, I had 
a ton of different experience as a mascot. Um, and it was just incredible um, to be able to do that for all four years of college. Okay. All right. Well, that's See what that? I was going to ask. So you did it for all four years. You did it. I, I was going to ask you how lengthy that span was. That yeah. So it, it's a very strange convoluted story, right? Of, of how that came about. I was a ma- <laughs> I was a mascot in high school and I don't, I, I can't explain why it's a very convoluted story. Um, but I just always wanted to do it. And then I was the mascot at the Reading Phillies and the Reading Royals. And there was just, there was so much mascot experience. I couldn't not do it in college and orientation. I had sent um, like a little disc of all of the stuff that I had working with the fanatic and whatnot. Um, And I got called in orientation, had like a special little like athletics director um, designation on my stuff. And I went in and um, the rest was history. So it was, wow. it was that really is awesome. tremendous. That's a way. lot of mascot yeah. experience. I, I would say, that. I would venture First to say, all, you had more that experience. Term, Rob. I no, love John, the term she had mascot experience, experience than anybody. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Sorry. I love the term <laughs> mascot experience. Yeah. And I just picture you're real or something, fun. and you got mascot you know, experience leading it off. Yeah. And you know what the crazy <laughs> thing is? Um, that's the number one thing people look at you know whenever i apply for a job or whenever i do anything it's not um you know all the fun stuff i've done career-wise it's wait a minute you you were collegiate mascot is that true um so it's always a really great talking point but yeah i have an espn commercial that's the that's the highlight of the career there i crashed into a window and Stuart scott says we have to get this glass fixed so um yeah a lot of fun times it was it was such a blast i retired though after college i couldn't keep doing that (laughs) You're done. Like if the fanatic had pulled a hamstring, you 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 wouldn't jump in there just to, at the last second. I thought about it. I really did think about it, and then, um, you know, I decided I was like, let me just go and pursue what I went to school for. Um, and probably now you probably lucked out, Breland, because it, yeah, if probably you're... make less money in my starter in my starter market <laughs> than I would have as a mascot. But hey, it's okay. Um, we're here now. It all worked out for the best, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, during the during the Phillies run last year, remember mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey showed up um, and he hugged the fanatic. So you probably lucked out because I think he broke the fanatic when he picked yeah. up the fanatic. Yeah, I think so too. So I, I'm I'm really grateful. And sometimes that happens. Like I feel like everyone always assumes that there's a man in there, um, and sometimes it's not. So just in the back of your mind, if you're watching this, just be. Just be cautious that it might not be a burly big guy in there. It might be a, a small college woman. So. Yeah. Well, the, the, the only problem you would have missed out on a couple of free beers because Kelsey had a lot of had a lot of extra beers with him that night. I, I am downside. very sure yeah. he did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, brilliant. So I, I I'm curious. Like obviously you you've been covering the 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 Eagles now since you you know you're posted at Fox 29. Um, yeah. Who's been the most favorite guy to cover in general? It might be the guy we just mentioned, but who who's been the guy who's been the most fun for you when you're doing sort of a side you know uh, piece, okay. a feature piece, or anything like that? Um, oh man, we had, we had some great things. So I brought, um, getting um, um, but I, I brought it to game day on Fox 29 and on Sunday mornings and we're calling it four on Fox and it's just four completely non-football related questions. And the guys just really have a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Javon Hargrave and Brandon Graham last year just like went off about the Vampire Diaries and how big of fans they are and you know who their favorite characters are and stuff. So it, it's, it's, always, it's always BG. 
Yeah. I know. Fun. I think BG is hysterical. Jordan Mylotta just absolutely just cracks me up. Um, and every single time you you're always due for like a good laugh. But yeah, Jason Kelsey is is definitely up there. And Slay. Slay always makes me laugh. He's always yeah. entertaining. Always good for yeah, a good whip or something. Um, and Jordan Davis as well. I like him. Uh, I think he's mm-hmm. I think he's really getting out of his shell and um, you know, he's very genuine and and just very open and I, I really appreciate talking to him as well. He's, he's fun to get to know for sure. Well, that is the thing. Like you, you got to win, right? And, and this yeah. team wins, but they yeah. have a really unique bunch of guys. They do like really likable. This is a likable bunch. Yeah. They really do. And I, you know, when they had all that success last year, I thought a lot about, um, the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. When I got to cover Casey and I walked in that locker room, there was just something strange. And a good and it was a good strange. It was just this very unique feel where you walked in every single day and you knew those guys genuinely liked each other and they liked being around each other and they liked playing for each other. And there was a tangible feel to something that should be very intangible, right? Like you could feel it when you walked in the locker room that these guys have something special. And I felt it last year that, you know, just the way that they were loose and laughing and joking around and, you know, riding the scooters around the locker room and stuff. There was just this element of business, of course, but this feeling of lightness and this feeling of um, genuine camaraderie that I started to realize there was something special cooking. I didn't realize how special. <laughs> Um, but I knew, I knew there was something good in there and it's just been, it's been a blast to work with them. They're, they're so much fun. And, uh, you, you kind of mentioned you've had the opportunity to cover some really good teams, mm-hmm. Freeland. So, um, you know, does that come from the guys like BG? I mean, I, for people that don't know BG, I mean, he sets the energy of that organization on a daily basis. And I mean that, I mean, people come in. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Brandon Graham. Um, and it's rare. They also have a head coach who's pretty outspoken, very good, his, his sort of ethos, his connection, first and foremost, as you know. He says it so much, Breland. I'm sure you've heard it 150 <laughs> times. Dog mentality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dog mentality. But do you think it comes first and foremost from the players themselves, you know, sort of self-policing the locker room, or does it trickle down from the head coach, whether it's a a really experienced guy like Andy Reid or a younger head coach like Nick Sirianni? I think it's a little bit of both, right? So I've been so fortunate to be around three phenomenal NFL coaches. Um, You know, obviously I mentioned I was around Andy Reid, and before that, um, I worked with Sean McDermott and um, I also covered a Rex Ryan led team. And this is not going to be part of that conversation. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. okay. That, and, but, but that's when I started to realize that, um, you know, you talk about X's and O's and, and the roster and things like that, but there are so many just intangible factors and watching the bills flip over from Rex Ryan, which was on it. It was so chaotic. Um, you, you never got bored. There was always something to talk about, but not a good something um, yeah. to this controlled culture shift that Sean McDermott implemented. Um, 
and the success that came from that. And just the, I think the coach sets the standard, but the players have to buy into it. And the players have to truly embrace what um, is being thrown their way. And if they don't buy in, well, then you get that chaos, get that, uh, you know, chaotic feel around the team and it shows on the field. Right. But, um, you know, when the bills started to shift their roster into guys that were more of their, their current model and more of their mentality, you could feel it when you walked in, um, the difference in, in the lack of ego and just the, the, the complete focus that was going on. And, and the fact that they just wanted to play for each other. And then obviously the ch- Chiefs just really were a well-oiled machine by the time I got there already. Um, Patrick Mahomes was still pretty young, but you could tell that that was there as well. And yes, the standard came from Andy, but the players were buying in and guys like Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey and and Patrick were setting that standard and it was trickling down into some of the younger guys or, or some of the guys that you wouldn't necessarily consider as a leader in the locker room. They were buying in because the guys around them were buying in and also setting that standard that was set from the top. And it's the same thing here. I think Nick does a really good job. I know he caught a lot of slack about his metaphors and analogies his first year because it was something different yeah. that we here in Philly, right? right? But what did we hear the entire time during that first year when everyone's like, this guy and his flowers, like what in the world? The players were like, listen, it makes sense to us. We are mm-hmm. buying in. It makes sense. And we're getting it. And, you know, you guys might not understand it, but it's working for us. Just let him cook. And sure enough, they were correct, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think as long as you set a culture and you set a precedent that your players can easily pick up and buy in and believe that they're on the correct path, I think that that it's just natural for the locker room leaders like BG and Kelsey and Jalen to just pick in on on that and buy in. Um, But it also really helps, I think, that, those three guys that I mentioned, I think just have a drive on their own um, to just want to succeed and want to help the people around them get better. So I think, I don't, I think the birds have something really good cooking in that. Well, isn't that, isn't that fascinating? Breland and John, like, and I credit to Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman. They, mm-hmm. they know like they, they'll, they'll pluck guys who were maybe not exactly the headliners. Like, I don't think any of us anticipated a Nick Sirianni hiring, right? And they, they they knew they had to come off of chip with Doug. They just needed that kind of personality, right? And then when things went south with Doug, they, they pivot over to Nick. Like, there, there's an art to that. Like, they have a pretty good feel of guys to bring in. Yeah, and I mean, I think I'll be the first one to, to tell you. I, I'm sure it was also partly because I was close to it. Um, I was extremely surprised when Eric B did not get this job. Um, Cause I thought for sure, you know, Dougie P was an Andy Reed guy. And I know that Andy and Howie still ver- are very close, work very closely together. So I was like, Oh yeah, of course the pipeline's going to work again. Right. Like it's just going to happen. And then Nick, I felt kind of came out a little bit of obscurity. Um, I never re- even heard of the guy and I'm like, who is this person? You know? And he comes out with these, metaphors and all the, yeah. it, it, was just, it was different and I didn't know yeah. what to expect, but you know, that's why I don't get paid to be Howie Roseman. Um, <laughs> they know what they're doing and they're, it, it yeah. absolutely is an art form. And, well, sometimes, you know, they almost hired Josh McDaniels, Breland. So I don't think that would have <laughs> So did everybody, out. John. He almost yeah. took about 15 gigs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They almost hired before they hired, by the way, before they hired Doug Peterson, they almost hired, 
uh, Adam Gase and Ben McAdoo. So sometimes it's better to be lucky, lucky good. than good. Yeah. At some, but they've done a very good job of yeah, hiring coaches in general. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's probably a little bit of both, right? Luck yeah. and, you know, obviously knowing what you're doing. So Now, yeah, you brought up Travis. Travis, okay. Kelsey. So you 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 have had this, um, I'll, I'll call it a luxury. Travis, Kelsey, <laughs> Jason, Kelsey. True. Yeah. Who's more entertaining? Who's more entertaining? Oof. Now, that's a difficult question. Now, why are you going to put me on the spot? Like that is, John, that's brutal, man. Jeez. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Breland. Yeah. Yes. Welcome. I have to pick between two of America's most beloved sons. Yes. <laughs> my Donna is my favorite, personally. Oh, oh there we go. Yeah. Well, yes. done. well done. She's the best. She cracks me up. I love her. And my favorite is that she remembers me from, you know, all of the previous times. And, you know, immediately when she sees me, says, hi, you know, what's going on and whatnot. Um, always just a, such a pleasant family to deal with, but they're both entertaining, but in their own, in their own way, they're very similar, but they're also just a little different. Um, I loved, to, I loved Travis's fashion in Kansas city and just what he would show up wearing. You don't love Jason's always, fashion. So we'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll. and, and Jason's the complete opposite with his ocean drive shirt, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think they're great. And I, I, it's amazing to cover both of them. And I remember talking to Donna about this. I was like, you know, I obviously was with Travis for two seasons and now I've been here with Jason. And I just like, I just want to let you know. Um, and this is like a weird comment, I guess, maybe to make, but you have two amazing sons, not just football players, but good people mm -hmm. off the field as well. They're so pleasant to the media. They're so good with community events and getting out in the community. And they just, they get it, right? They understand what it is to be on this platform and to have a platform and to use that um, for good. Yeah, I, we all know what Jason does with the Eagles Autism Foundation and all of his other charities. And Travis has um, 87 and running and he works really closely with Teach for America and Kansas City. And there's so many different things that Travis does as well. And Players often, you know, do that stuff, but not at the high level, I think, that both of them are doing. Right. Um, and it's just been a real joy to be able to see what I see now in the podcast, because I know both of them. And just now America gets to know them, too. And it's just been a real blast to be able to see them really be the, themselves um, to everyone else as well. They kill it in the podcast. I oh, will say the this. podcast it's is tremendous. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Travis... I got to give it to him. He was yeah. awesome on Saturday Night Live. I mean, that's a hard he thing was. to stand up there and he do was. that monologue, man, and not be nervous or butcher it and and hit your hit your you know your marks and everything. And he was right on. I thought even in the sketch. But yeah. you know what? I wasn't surprised though. That that's yeah. it, it, it's. I knew he was going to crush it because that's just like the type of person he is. He always gives everything he does, one hundred and ten percent. And he is funny and he just has this great comedic timing, just like Jason, you know, Jason's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the two of them, I, you're right. Did it, you guys, did you guys see the podcast segment where Jason showed Travis the picture, the annual picture of the NFL head coach? It was the, the funniest thing you'll ever it's see. What, it was the funniest thing I saw all year. He, Travis so he Kelsey. couldn't basically, the gist of it was, yeah. Travis named like five coaches. He didn't yeah. know anybody. He didn't know yeah. guys that the Chiefs played that year. I don't think he recognized <laughs> Mike McDaniel. I'm telling you, it was and it was legitimate. Like he was like, 
I, I, I don't know, man. Like, and, and Jason saying, "Dude, you played him this year, and oh, you don't." Know oh, the best was because <laughs> because remember, um, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon both got hired, so this was mm-hmm. post Super Bowl. Yeah, and he didn't know either of them, and it, I believe he said, "I've never seen that guy in my, in my life." <laughs> and and Jason's like, "We just played you in the Super Bowl." It was tremendous, tremendous, (laughs) tremendous segment. Both of them are so entertaining. They they just not out of the park every single episode. And I, the the New Heights Live. Did you guys see that? I did. I did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they have they have truly found their craft for whenever, which I hope is not for a while, but whenever they do decide to transition out of the NFL, they have truly found their calling because they just, they crush it every single time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brie, let me ask you, um, and the, the Kelsey's are obviously the example of the, the great side of this, but how big a challenge is it still in this day and age for a woman in, in the locker room and trying to cover a predominantly, you know, male sports or whatever the case may be. Do you still, are there still a lot of roadblocks that you run into and a lot of the, you know, sort of horror stories that we hear? Is that still there? I, I have never had a problem with in the locker room because of that, uh, because of me being a woman. But you know what I think that it is? And this is a really cool phenomenon that's happening. And I've talked to so many other people about it. And I know, I know that it's a luxury because I work predominantly with the NFL, like that, that's our, you know, bread and butter. I'm there constantly. It's a little difficult, you know, when you have 82 games or 162 yeah. to get into, you know, your respective clubhouse locker room mm-hmm. every single game. But I'm at least with the Eagles once or twice a week because, you know, they only play once or once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I find that the players don't even bat an eye at it. And I think it's because, one of them played college ball at an extremely high level and there's women in those locker rooms, right? Um, mm-hmm. You get exposed to, to women around the game very early on. And so I don't even think it phases them at this point anymore that there's a woman in the locker room. I will say, you know, I hope in time, I, I, I'm starting to see more women pop up on the Eagles feet and I love that because um, I don't want to be, you know, the Lone Ranger sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, it's also funny. They just, they they treat me like everybody else. And um, I think it's been really fascinating to watch that evolution of just from the horror stories we've heard before to now it's just kind of like, Oh yeah, there's a girl in here. Like they, they don't care. They do not yeah. care. And I've never had an issue um, since I've started, you know, mm-hmm. from bills, chiefs, Eagles, none of those teams never once um, did I have a problem with, with any player. Um, because of my gender, which is really awesome. Good, um, I'm glad to hear that. Yep, yep. Yeah. With other sports, right? So mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for that. For awesome. Sure. I think we we treat you. It's a motley lot, but uh, <laughs> we we treat you like everybody yeah, else. So. And that's and that's yeah. the fun thing because it, you know it it isn't that way. And I, I'm you know the players are always really great, but sometimes you get you get those guys on the beat that don't want you there. And I'm so fortunate that. Um, you know, every, and I've heard stories from other people in the league, um, about that. And I, I, I've never really encountered that in my career. Um, just everyone's just like, Oh yeah. Okay. She's here. Like the same thing, same as the players. Um, so it's just really great to know that, that it's changing. Um, 
slowly but surely, but it is changing. And yeah, I've never, I've never had a problem with a coach, with a media member, with um, a player. It's, they don't even bat an eye at it, which is really rad. Welcome to 2023, right? (laughs) Hey, let's, let's, let's keep growing. You know, that's all you can say. No doubt. Um, All right. So John and I were kicking this around a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, 14 and three last year was just nuts. I mean, it's rare that you're ever going to see that. I I think they very well could be an 11 or 12 win team, but it doesn't mean they're worse. It just schedule challenges, personnel turnover, et cetera. Where do you fall on this? When you look at the schedule, you look at sort of the, the bigger picture here of what 2023 looks like. Yeah, I kind of agree with you guys. Obviously we know um, the strength of schedule is significantly different this year. Um, And it's much, much harder. I believe it's the hardest schedule on paper right now in Mm -hmm. the league. I do believe, though, that the Eagles are as talented um, as they showed last year. And I do believe if defense would have made the proper adjustments, that they would have been Super Bowl champions last year. Um, But, you know, we got to move on from that. Um, But they, you know, every that was the big question, right? Okay. Well, yeah, they're beaten up on, you know, the Giants or the Jets or, you know, whoever stupid team that they're playing. That's like, oh, okay, well, that doesn't really count because they're not, you know, a a high profile. Let's see how they do against Kansas City or let's see how they do against San Francisco. Well, we saw that. Right. And they've more than proved that they were able to hang with not only San Francisco, they just pummeled them. But I mean. We, I think it's safe. We can call Kansas City a dynasty at this point. Um, you know, three Super Bowls in five years and you win two of them. They're not going to stop. That train is just full speed ahead. And we're going to see so much more of Patrick Mahomes and company in that, you know, championship game in, in the near future. That being said, it's like that was the, that was the standard. And I think that they, they rose to meet it. I do think um, obviously there were some glaring errors, but you also learn from those very much. And we, I think a lot of people forget that the Chiefs made a lot of errors in their, you know, first couple of years as well, getting up there. Remember the uh, jumping off sides during the AFC championship? Oh, it, boy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they made some mental mistakes as well when they were just trying to figure it out. And now look at them go. And I do think, you know, retaining the veteran presence. And, and I mean, Jalen Hurts, my goodness, the strides that he took between – year two, year three were just incredible. And I think that it, he just has an upward trajectory here um, because he just keeps learning and growing and just the type of person that he is, he will not settle for just good enough. Um, he wants to be great. And I, I, I do think the pieces are in place for them to be, you know, an 11 and 12 win team, even though they allegedly have the hardest schedule in the NFL this year. I do think that they are legitimately that good. Um, but I guess we'll see, right? <laughs> yeah. At, at Breland Fox 29 make sure That's you me. follow uh, Breland Moore on Twitter. She does a tremendous job, sports anchor, Fox 29, co-host of the, the 215. Uh, now, I gave you a tough question with the Kelsey brothers, but I'm going to finish it with the toughest question of all. Oh, gosh. Um, because your buddy, Devin Caney, I, I work with her, friend of the show uh, on the Jacob Post Game Show. Um, you guys, every once in a while, they 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 get pictures of me at Philly's games on, on Instagram. But you were you guys were at the Taylor Swift concert. Um, we sure which were. I always say, 
by the way, openly begging for tickets. Let's be real. I mean, yeah. Devin was openly campaigning. Yeah. Freeland. So, you know, real quick story years ago, not this time, but UFC was at the Wells Fargo Center and I was covering the UFC and I had no idea Taylor Swift was next door. It was the worst traffic jam in history I've ever got caught in. But this time around, so you guys were obviously big fans. Bigger deal to you, NFC Championship game or Taylor Swift at Lincoln Financial Field? No, why are you going to do that to me? <laughs> John is killing you with yeah, these questions. I said, this is unbelievable. And I want you to tell the truth because I think I know the truth. But go ahead. Okay, I only say this because I've been spoiled in my career and I did two AFC championships before. Yes. It's got to be it's Taylor. Right? Taylor it's comes around yes. like yes. once every five years and it was yes. an Eras tour. And I mean, she's from my, my hometown. I've been a fan since she dropped Tim McGraw. Um, I remember being at, it used to be called the Sovereign Performing Arts Center. I have no idea what it's called anymore. Cause I don't like spend a ton of time in writing anymore. Um, but it like, I was, I was just blown away as a high schooler and I've been a fan ever since. Um, so yeah, it, it has to be Taylor Swift, but like no offense to the Eagles. And I will say um, it was, it was different. It was more meaningful being at the NFC championship with the Eagles, with, you know, the team that I grew up watching as a child than it was, for the AFC championship with the there Chiefs. There we so, go. Like, See, uh, nice. That's why. That's why boy, I give you the tough question. She really, she yeah. really worked both yeah. sides of that fence. That was, <laughs> that was impressive. That yes. was, did I tell you my story? So Sunday, when the Sixers are playing at three thirty, all right, I'm on, I was on WIP until two thirty. I hustle home. Uh-huh. I load the car up with eight teenage girls. All right, my daughter and all her friends, and I truck them down to the Sunday show. It was absolute chaos, chaos, chaos. driving down there, man. It was, uh, yeah. I have never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, it, it was unreal. The, the whole, and then there the was 20,000 people just like outside. Yes. Yeah. No 25,000. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And that's why it was, I also, I will tell you, it was the weirdest experience, but like in a very good way, weird. Um, everyone was just so polite. Like there was no, nothing. Oh my gosh, excuse me, I'm so sorry, excuse me. Hi, hi, how are you doing? I just wanted to let you know that you look really beautiful today. Like I just want to, I love your outfit. Um, Just like- Very Philadelphia, very yeah. Philadelphia like it usually is, right? For, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was it was peak Lincoln Financial Field on any given day, right? Oh my God. Um, and oh my even God. our Uber drivers were telling us uh, that they've never had a weekend like this. Everyone was just, so kind and tipped so well and just like hi sorry i didn't mean to close your door like that i really sorry i didn't mean to like <laughs> all like very very overly polite and i'm like yeah that checks <laughs> yeah, that's a man oh man all right Brie, well listen it was great having you on uh we, we appreciate it keep up the good work on fox yeah, this is awesome. Keep up oh, the good I'm going to ask Fox you again, so be yeah. prepared, Brie. Yes. Now you're in the rotation. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fox 29 sports anchor, of course, the co-host of the 215 as well. Breland, thanks. We appreciate your time. You're welcome. Take care, guys. All right. That is Breland Moore of Fox 29. All right, John, let's get a quickie in here. We'll come back. We'll do our uh, final thoughts on the program and get everybody set off for the weekend. Uh, I'm, by the way, 
Uh, Doubleheader, as we mentioned. I'll be back at yeah. that. With sports You're going. Day. Ernie Banks, baby. How We're going, rappers? baby. We got We're Ernie Banks, Wally Pip, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of old baseball references yeah. today. Yeah, that's for sure. But we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. John McMullen, Rob Ellis, Birds, 365. <laughs> Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givelish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givelish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you it's it's, i know it's not easy but it they will make this as easy as possible life celebrations by givenish customizing services as unique as the individual i i just know that my dad who is in charge of everything was it was not in charge of anything at that point when when my mom passed and uh um, again just another uh, shout out to this place for for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Final segment, Birds 365. Rob Ellis in for Jody Mack today, along with John McMullen. So, John, what's the um, what's the schedule for the Eagles? They have the o- what is it? The limited OTAs next week, right? And then they're in phase two this week. Uh, okay, phase three next week, um, and that's on field stuff. So they can do on field stuff. They come back Tuesday, then Thursday and Friday. Um, one of those two on Thursday and Friday are going to be open. Uh, to us, the reporters. Uh, then they have another week of, of phase three. One practice going to be open to us. And then nothing, man. No mandatory minicamp. They don't have them anymore. 
one of two teams that doesn't have a mandatory minicamp along with Cincinnati. Then they're off from, you know, till the start of training camp. So that's when everybody goes to where they're going to go. And, you know, it's important to, to – it's become a cottage industry in the NFL, Rob, to sort of have those personal trainers and, right. um, you know, guys are sort of working out on their own. Well, that's the difference, sure right, John, from, from now. But back in the day, guys would show up at camp to get in shape. Yeah. Hey, if you're doing that now, you're Oh, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, it's much different. And and it's you're left up to your own devices. I always talk about Carson Wentz. The worst thing that happened to Carson Wentz was the pandemic, because you know, back um before the 2017 Super Bowl season, he worked with Tom House out in Southern California, sort of um cleaned up a lot of mechanical issues and for whatever reason, he stopped going. Um, and he went back this year, by the way. So who knows if anybody needs a backup quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you saw that slip back into mm-hmm. some poor habits. Before last season, who did uh, Jalen Hurts go out to work with for the first time? Tom House. Tom House and Adam uh, Daydew. How, how do you pronounce Adam's name? Is it you know? I always, I, I always thought it was the Doe. Yeah, Dido, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, either way, they're sort of like the guys when it comes to former major league pitchers, obviously, but when it comes to arm mechanics and, and mechanics as a whole, ironic that Carson went out and worked with them. They went to the Super Bowl. Chandler went out to work with them. They're right. They keep, went to if, the Super keep Bowl. working with them, man. Well, you yeah. brought up once. Uh, do you think he will play in the NFL this season? I do because I think, you know, there'll be an injury at some point. There, Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt, you know. People in Las that, Vegas are already saying, you know. Had surgery um, after he signed, John. Yeah. That yeah. guy's always hurt. He is. And, uh, you know, when desperation comes, I think he'll get a job. But I don't think anybody will bring him in to be – the defined backup quarterback. I, I don't think he's proven. He says it. He's willing to accept that role, but I don't know if anyone believes it. And that's been one of the biggest issues, you know, not only the injuries and some of the other stuff, it's the willingness to be coached, willingness yeah, to, exactly. to do what it takes to be a good teammate. You know that, I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff you can stick around for a long time as a backup quarterback. If you're that guy, Hey, whatever the team needs. Oh know, yeah. I'm good. Oh yeah. But we don't know that that's Carson. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot, you know, one, it was, boy, it was a CFL all-star quarterback and I can't remember his name. Um, and he came in all gung ho and said, I want to compete. Uh, uh, I believe it was Kirk cousins. I want to compete with Kirk cousins and, you know, he wasn't going to, but they, they were seriously thinking, thinking about bringing him in as a backup quarterback. And they said, Eh, no thanks. Not not if you're going to talk like that. You're being brought in to help the starter and and sort of you know yeah. be part of that ecosystem, not to make waves. And they just went in another direction. Sort yeah. of, you got to understand your role. No question. Third spot for the Eagles. I know we're digging deep into the depth chart here, but uh, third spot here. Uh, will it end up being, in your estimation, Ian Book, who has experience here, who knows the system? 
Will it be Tanner McKee, who they they spent a draft pick on? Who, who's the number three in your estimation? I, I think, you know, if I were a betting man, and I am not, I would bet on Tanner McKee. Now, okay. if he comes in and has a terrible camp like Carson Strong did or, um, you know, a couple, couple years ago, Clayton Thorson, I, I think, you know, obviously they'd go in a different direction. But NFL teams like to keep their draft picks, man. They really do. And even though Ian Book was a fourth rounder, he was a fourth rounder in New Orleans, not mm-hmm. here. Um, I do think there's a chance for Ian Book to outplay him, and you know, but I think they will default uh, to Tanner McKee. So it's his job to lose, uh, is is how I would look at it. Okay. All right. What's on the weekend agenda? What what what, what is Johnny Mac doing uh, this weekend? Um, that's a good question. Uh, haven't talked to my wife yet, so she's in charge of the that. boss hasn't given uh, you your instructions. Yeah, hasn't given me the instructions. I'm going to grill at some point, but I'm not going down the shore, Rob. I just said, I, I stay away from too crowded. crowded for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I know now I, grilling. I, it's all I hear is grilling, you know, with my guy D gun. I mean, that, yeah. That is, oh I, yeah. No, I, I'm I not that good. No, I'm not. I'm a burger dog guy, John. I am a basic, like, let's get in and out of here. Oh, I'm, I'm doing ribs. I do chicken. I do everything. I'm not saying I do it well, but I do everything. All right. Um, Good. Good. I I think I got some ribs on the the menu. All right. All right. Uh, All right. I'll be back at noon with Derek for sports take. And we're going to have Mike Sealski on. So I'm looking forward to talking to Mike. He did a little breakdown of uh, the Sixers coaching candidates and some of the strengths and some of the flaws. So who who you got for the Sixers coach? Nick Nurse. I'm a Nick Nurse guy all Nick day. Nurse all guy? day, Nick every Nurse? day. Yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. just not a Mike I don't really like, guy. I don't care who they hire. I am not Mike. I'm, Mike I'm with you. That is my anti-coaching pick, okay? Nice. I don't really love Budenholzer or some of the others, but I am strongly anti-D'Antoni. Harden back or not? I'm going to say no, John. I'm going to say no. I think ultimately he does go to Houston. Yep. I, I think he's not back. All right. Yeah. There. I like All right, John. Listen, this, fix fix. Yeah. Appreciate you. Let me sit in, man. It was fun. Uh, and looking forward to uh, talking to you in the near future and have, have yourself a great weekend. Awesome job out of Xander Krause producing the program. All you guys in the chat crushed it. All you guys streaming and listening. We do appreciate it. John, have a great weekend, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks Rob. Appreciate All right, it. You got it. That is John McMullen. I am Rob Ellis. You've been watching birds 365. See you guys next week. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.